Ah, you're good, huh? You're, you're awake. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, th- what are the testimonies? Now, these testimonies are, are what I, 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 you know, I gather from uh, the Facebook, the Loud Jam Prayer Board. Uh, if you are not in it, please, uh, uh, please go and log in this group, and you get, you get to uh, be encouraged by what has been, uh, you know, been put on board. Okay, let's go for the next one. First one. Next slide. What are you going to do? You're going to change my slide now? All right. Now, on 7th February, okay, I want you to read this. Okay, this is some s- simple testimonies. And, and I find it such a joy to, to share because, you see, not all of us read, uh, fa- uh, don't have Facebook. Now, Kathleen O, uh, on 7th February, which is quite recently, uh, posts this. It says, today I, will walk, I was walking home, and because I did not bring my sensor card thing, all right, I needed the security guard to open the gate for me. But then I didn't want to open my mouth and there was no one around me that was, got, that was gonna open the gate for me. Okay, this I, I, I took wholesale. Okay, my English is not that bad. Uh, so I prayed and asked God to miraculously open the gate. And then I was quite sien. Because I think it wouldn't be, would not be answered. Next one. Next slide. Hello. But! Wow. Suddenly, it was a bit drama. This ama <laughs> with a child in the seat, okay, was riding a scooter bike thing, appear out of nowhere. Okay, picture, picture, okay, ama with a child on the seat, okay, scooter, and then she went in front, and the security guard opened the gate for her because the scooter bike was so big, and I just walked through. Wow. And she could only be faster than me if she had a bike thing. I don't understand this. But it's like even with the smallest faith, mountains can be moved, can move, and doors will open. Amen. All right. All right. Let's give Kelly in. Amen. Okay. And this is just show you how simple, you know, just simple faith, simple prayer. See, God answers simple prayer. All right. Just simple trusting God like a child. Okay? And, and, and I don't know when you read it, but it encouraged me and I'm proud of you, Kathleen. Next one. Victoria Huang. Okay, the following day. Now, all this started because I think John said, uh, you know, posted and says, come on, let's continue to do radical act of kindness. Let's continue to bless people. Let's continue to pray for people. For people. And, and then subsequently, seven, eight, and then later you see nine we have posting, right? Now, Victoria says this, and, and this is wonderful, okay? This is, this is fantastic. It says, two weeks ago, I had gone for my secondary school class gathering. My secondary school teacher, who had backslided and thus didn't believe in God, went for the party as well. My friend and I had walked him to the bus stop to hire a cab after the party. We waited really long, and, had, and no taxis were available. He called for a cab several times, but he did not come. He finally called the, the same tax, taxi driver one last time and decided to cancel it. He then tried hiring another cab, but still it did not come and ended up waiting really long. Next. The thought of prayer popped up in my mind and I asked if I could pray for a taxi for him. He says, I don't believe in this type of stuff, but you can if you want to. I turned around and I prayed for a taxi so that my tired teacher 
so cool. Can go back and rest. The moment I opened my eyes, a free taxi appeared. Wow. And I told my teacher, he left and I received a... Okay, this one I add in SMS message, is it right? Uh, message from him later that says, Okay, you win. Thanks. Next. What I want to say is, is this. Take any chance to pray and pray for anyone. It's this little acts you do that remind your friends and family that our God is real. Amen? With Him, nothing is impossible. This is a good way to start sharing the word of the gospel. I remember one pastor that said, people don't care what you know unless they know what you care. Wow. Prayer is important. Amen? Thank you, Victoria, for, for this post. Why don't we give a hand? Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's marvelous. And, and um, it's very encouraging, isn't it? All right. Another uh, what I call example of just praying and allowing God to act. It's, it's all basically taking the step of faith. All right. You don't need to be big thing. You don't need to be praying for healing or miracle or whatever. Just a simple taxi. Right? And, it, and, and I believe that secondary school teacher was, was just being, you know, uh, touched by God. Now, next one. Reach RJ Nifeb. Sorry, I cannot pronounce your name. Okay, RJ. All right. He says here, hello. Okay, you. That sounds less. Okay. It reminds him, this is not you, eh? You know, it's just so amazing how God can answer our prayers. At the start of this week, I really pray that I'll be given the opportunity to bless someone, be it through prayer or action. I waited and waited. I mean, it's not like I didn't bless anyone on the first few days. But what happened today really struck me. I was coming back from choir and walking home when this girl, older, came up to me and wanted to borrow my phone to call this guy because she was totally lost and needed to contact him. At first, I hesitated. I somehow sensed that I couldn't... eh? I somehow sensed that I could lend my phone to this complete stranger. But, you know, and, and he said, when I think back, I wonder why I did it. It was so dangerous. Yes, it is dangerous, all right, uh, to, to a stranger, okay? But while lending her, her my phone, I found out that she was making her way for CG or cell group, and she was a Christian. She managed to contact her friends and got to that place. How cool is that? Like, if God didn't plan for this, she probably wouldn't have gone for her CG. I would have missed out on something so great and awesome about God, and I wouldn't get my answered prayer. So anyway, I really think we should pray for divine appointments and opportunities to bless people and believe in our prayers. Give her a hand, shall we? Praise God. Praise God. And she's only 14 years old. Man, I'm so proud of you, people, because you see, it's, it's like, you know, it's February, and, and, and the camp was in, um, in December, and after the camp, we were saying, let's go and bless people. And now we have Ehern, you heard so many testimonies, and, and, and it's continue going on. And I want to encourage you, people, that continue to go and bless people, continue and go and walk in simple step of faith, and, and, and just pray for people, and see how God works in people's life. Amen. We are, in the, we are in the business of blessing people because, you know, God has blessed us so much. I don't know. 
I don't know how you see it, but I believe God has blessed you so much and so much. You have good family. I mean, some of you have wonderful parents. You know, like, like, like me, you know, I'm a wonderful father to my kids, man. You know, my, my kids such privilege, you know, they got a wonderful father. Okay. <laughs> you know, but you know, some of you, you are so blessed with good parents. You are blessed with, you know, uh, comfort. You got a house. You got, you know, some of you staying in big houses. You know, whatever you want, you can get. You are so blessed. But God, you know, but God says, with, with those that God has blessed you, bless others as well. Amen? You know, you never know who you can touch. Simple people, simple prayer, touching people, touching us. And that's what Jesus did when he came. Now I'm going to share with you uh, uh, today's message. It's called Stay New and Fresh. Amen? All right. These people are staying new and fresh. These people are those three that in your walk with Jesus. They are discovering the excitement of God appearing or answering their prayer in simple step of obedience. All right? Now, before I want to go ahead uh, and share something, I, I want to invite uh, another person. Uh, I want to invite Yong Chuan here to share something of how God has ministered to him, how God has touched his life, and God has healed him. Amen. You want to hear this? You want to hear it? You welcome him, all right? And allow God to speak to you. Okay, hi. Okay, this may be quite a shock because I don't seem to wear glasses, right? Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, okay, I, I shall... I won't wear it, of course, but um, yeah. Lah. Um, actually, I was packing my room uh, last week and I found my old glasses. This, this was my glasses when I was in... K2 to about P2, like that, around that period. Lah. Yes, thank you, thank you. Okay, yeah, so, so I, I found it somewhere underneath all my trash, and, and, and I, I looked at it, lah, and I realized that my specs had this um, um, blood at the side, at the left side. So then I remembered my past, which um, it was, uh, my, my eyesight was very terrible last time. Lah. Last time I, I had lazy man eyes on my, on my right, and uh, an occasional double vision on both, both eyes. My eyes were... Terrible la. and I, I remember and I I'm looking at specs and I, I thought back. I remember that time uh, we went to different doctors. All the doctors said that it cannot be healed. It cannot be cured. Cannot be cured. It's, this is a it's a birth defect and, and that um yeah, la, it, it won't it won't go away la. So actually the thing is that I don't remember praying about it. I don't remember doing anything about it. I, I just just took the took whatever medication that need to just stabilize um uh, and the, the eyes and and and, and yeah la. and and actually um. Think, come think about it. Now I have perfect vision on both eyes. Almost, okay, almost perfect vision on both eyes, la. And yeah, um, and yeah, God, God really heals, la. And this is my, my story, which is not exciting as oh, um, God appeared in the in the pillar of light or something. It's not so exciting, but but um, it's special in a, in a in a way, la. Okay, yeah, thanks. Well, when God heals, it's special, right? Whether in what, whatever ways, God heals, and, and that's a miracle, amen. Well, let's give the Lord a praise offering, shall we? Come on, let's give God, let's God, you know, Jesus des- deserves the best, amen. Amen. Now, what is their secret, like I was saying again? How can we stay new and fresh in our daily walk with God or with Jesus Christ and find the excitement in our Christian walk as well? You know, we hear these testimonies. And then, you know, I don't know how you feel, but, you know, sometimes when I look at them, it says, Wow, man, these, these people are good, you know. They're they so great, you know. They're so exciting. But why 
I don't have the excitement. You know, why, why, why is it not happening to me? What is this people's secret? And I want to share with you today what's the secret. Amen? You're interested? Huh? Okay. No, but before we do find out what is their secret, we need first to realize that, number one, that, uh, next one, follow me, okay? Before we, we need to realize that Jesus came for the sinners. All right? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came for you, He came for me, and He came for the others. You need to realize that once, uh, the first point. Let's, let's now turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 39. Let's, let's all read this, this passage, because this is the passage I'm going to share upon today. All right, I have it here. It says, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up. I left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Next. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours goes on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. He told them this parable, No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. Alright? The news was spreading fast throughout the town of Capernaum. Matthew, the Jew, the tax collector, has been converted. He's leaving his money-taking job to follow Jesus of Nazareth, and he's giving a great feast to celebrate his new life. Now, we must know this. In the biblical days, tax collectors were greatly despised by the Jews, especially the religious people. These collectors of Roman taxes make their living by taking a little extra off the top for themselves. And if they thought you could give, uh, what they call, a little extra, so much the better. There, is, there was not a court of appeals at that time. Whatever this man said, you had to pay, you pay. You had no choice. Hence, they were ranked by the public in the same categories as pickpocket and thieves. So when Jesus saw Le uh, Levi or Matthew sitting at his text booth, I suspect this. I suspect he saw a sad and lonely man. A man that was tired of being rejected and turned away, of being hated and spat upon. Levi had probably wanted out, but did not know how. He did not know how to change who he was and what he was. And even if he did, nobody would let him forget what he had been and how he had made his living. But Jesus did not care what Levi had been. He only cared what Levi could be. You got it? Now Levi was uh, aesthetic uh, or very overjoyed when Jesus asked him to become his disciples 
and follow him. In his great excitement, he threw a big house party and invited Jesus together with a bunch of his or Levites, not so holy friends, the tax collectors and his friends. They are non-believers, but they are friends of, the, of, of Levi. And when, when he opened a party, he invited a party, who do you call? He, he has not had any more Christian. He, he, he don't have Christian friends. His only friends are his non-Christian friends. And these are the tax collectors, the rejects of the society, the thieves. I don't know. And he invited them to his house for a party because he's happy that now that Jesus has called him to be a disciple. And, and because of this, he has a great opportunity. I suspect that he has a great opportunity to get out what he's been doing. He tried to get out of tax, to being a tax collector, but he can't. That is his lifestyle. And that is his, you know, he's, been, you know, he's been doing that. The people don't allow him to, to do that. But Jesus gave him an opportunity to come out of it. Jesus said, come, be my disciple and follow me. He gladly left everything and said, this is my great opportunity. And then, and he was so happy, he threw a party. And, and we like parties, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I like parties. Just that nobody invite me, that's all. It's a hint, okay, hint. <laughs> now, the Jews were astounded that Jesus, a respected rabbi or teacher in Israel, would associate himself with such despicable, 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 Despicable people, okay? My <clears throat> Lord, hear my tongue. Okay, it's like, I know it's like in our modern day, a pastor or a youth pastor is seen hanging out in Butter Factory or any other pub. You know what's, by the way, you know it's Butter Factory. It's not the factory where they make butter, no? <laughs> okay, never mind. Oh, you know what's St. James Power Station? I'm not here to corrupt you, <laughs> okay? Uh, do you know? Okay, good. <laughs> Alright, Butter Factory. Uh, any other pub, because a new convert wanted to celebrate his newfound faith with his non-Christian friends, found there. For example, I let's say if I, I, you know, if I go around the street and I met this guy and I say, hey, Jesus loves you, you know, and Jesus wants you to, to be a disciple of him. And if this person says, yes, I want to receive Jesus in my life, and he says, oh, I'm so, and, and, and he received Jesus in Christ into his life, and he's so happy, and he wants to celebrate, but the only way he wants to celebrate his friend is to go to a pub, because that is where all his friend is. And he says, can you come along as well? Pastor, come along. I'm so happy. Let's, I want to celebrate. I want to let my people know. But the only way that I can let them know is to go to a pub. So I go to the pub and hang out with them. And that's what Jesus did in the modern day. And can you imagine that the Jews were astounded? Jesus, go. And can you imagine the people say, uh, 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 my leader says, wow, the pastor go pub, man. Wow. You know what I mean? Radical. Yes. This is what I mean. The Pharisees and the relig religious leaders were greatly offended when they saw this. They complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? It, now, it helps us to understand that the Pharisees were very religious people. They believed that the Scriptures were the Word of God. It contained no errors. And they knew the Old Testament Scriptures far better than anyone, better than you and me. They studied day and night examining even the most obscure statements and arguing with one another of each passage meaning. 
That's what they do. The Pharisees, they read the Word of God. They, they, they meditate upon the Word. They study. They turn left and right, up and down. Studying the Word of God. In addition, they regularly attended worship services and faithfully tithe of their income. Yet, in all the religiosity, oh man, the Pharisees repel sinners while Jesus attracts them. Amazing. You read the Bible, I'm not making this all up. The Pharisees, in all their religious acts, following the word of God, repel sinners. And Jesus attracted them. You read uh, Luke 15, 1 verse 2. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, These men welcome sinners and eat with them. Jesus eat with sinners. And my, my question, I want you to ask yourself this day. Stay with me, stay with me. Ask yourself your question. Uh, ask yourself now. Is my Christian life, my Christian belief, my Christian mindset, my Christian practices attract sinners to Christ or repel them? Think about it. Think about it. Do my friends or do your friends or the people that you daily come across see Christ in me, see Christ in you? Do they see that you have a healthy and exciting relationship with a living Christ or are you just following, following a boring religion? And you know, these are good questions that we need to get, grapple with it, that we need to seek our heart. Because sometimes we, we just flow and, and time becomes so routine. If our Christian lives are repelling people from Christ, then we may need to come to God today and be filled anew with the Holy Spirit, to fill anew with the Spirit of God to change our lives. Church, we need to rise up. Amen? The Pharisees had no message of hope for lost sinners. It was Jesus who came to save and to save that which was lost, Luke 19.10. Jesus did not look at these people and see hopeless outcasts or criminals who needed a judge. He saw people who were desperately sick and needed a, a physician. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. That's what God he says. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, say Jesus in Luke 5, verse 31 32. Jesus came for the sick, the wounded, the broken. Jesus came for the sinners and the reject of the society. He came to seek and save the spiritual lost. And some of us here sitting here, you maybe belong to the category of a spiritual lost. And if you are spiritual lost, you do not have Jesus as your Lord Savior. You do not have received Jesus as your Lord and mighty God into your life as a personal savior, you belong to the category of a spiritual loss because you're lost for all eternity to hell. That's a fact, my friend. It's a reality. I'm not scaring you, but that's a fact and the truth. And today, if that is you, you belong to this category, I have good news for you, my people. Friends, I have good news. God, I have good news because Jesus loves you. And Jesus has a way. And Jesus is here reaching to you. You don't have to go to hell. At the end of today's service, you, you can come to God and say, Jesus, I want you to my Lord and Savior. I can come and, and, you can, you know, and, and you can be with God in eternity. 
And God expects you as believers to make the same priority yours. Jesus came for the sinners. Likewise, as believers, we need to reach out. And, and as, why do I share the testimonies? Why? Because these people reach out. Your simple faith, simple prayer is a, met, is a way of reaching out to people, touching lives, touching lives. You never know little things people remember. Little things. Amen. That is why we must constantly reach out to our friends to bring them to church so that they can experience Christ personally. The church must never be a place only for the Christian to gather weekly and feel good, but a place where the lost, the broken, and the wounded can find the love of Christ being manifest within the body. This is a place where people can come. This is a place where people can see Jesus. This is a place where people can feel the love of God in this place. This is a place where people can feel the secureness of God in this place. Where the lost can come and be found. Amen. Isn't it great, church? Hello. Are you still with me? You see, the Pharisee never understood, nor did they want to understand that idea. They were highly moral men, and they were not about to associate with anyone who didn't share their morals. You know, church, my desire, my heart, my heart, my desire is to raise a new generation of young people that will follow God, radical, to the, to the place where God has sent you and to just reach out to people. My desire is not for young people to come every Saturday and sit here and, and warm the pews but to reach out and bless others. That is my desire, and that is God's desire. Go and bless people. You see, you know, let me just share you what's, um, two, was it yesterday, I, I was just talking to a City Harvest senior pastor, uh, you know, which I was just have talked with them, you see, they, I was just, you know, have a consultation with, with this senior pastor, at, they have a wonderful, oh man, they have a wonderful office in Suntech, beautiful place, you know, um, and we were just checking with him and, and you know he's, a, he's, he's only 35 and he's like you know a district pastor he's, he's like uh, yeah with, with don't know how many thousand of members uh, he, under his district you know but he told me this he started at the age of 15 he received Christ at the age of 15 and he was in Anglican High School alright uh, the sad school somewhere in the east. And when, when he started with, uh, in City Harvest, when he first started, uh, to, when he received Christ, and he wanted to reach his school, so he found one person, the pastor, he found one person, and there's two people, and he gathered every morning, 6.45, the school starts at 6.45, 6.45, at Anglican High School, at uh, what they call the assembly area, and they pray. Two of them, they pray. Every morning we all feel, pray. What do they pray? They pray very simple. God, use me. God, use me for your glory in the school. God, cause a revival to come upon Anglican High School. Just two. Every day they pray. Half an hour before the assembly. Before the assembly. And they pray. And, 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 and God begins to work. Because, you see, it's not only just praying. Praying is good. But also, they took one step further. 
they, they reach out to their friends. They reach out. Uh, and I learned this from him. I, I, I think it's, it's a very good idea because they are senior. They are like uh, senior sec. Maybe they are about sec four. So they go and approach the sec two. You see? Because, you know, when sec four, you wear long pants. All right, the sec two, they wear shorts. So when you see a long pants come, they respect you. They listen. All right? And, and, and they, that's what they do. They, they go and talk and they share Christ during recess time. During recess, they do their share. And from two people every day, you know, 6.45, within six months, they grew to 60 people praying every day. Amazing. And these people come to church. They got saved. They come and pray. And, and, and it grew to so big because they, they pray so loud. The principal called them up and told them to stop because it was disturbing the neighborhood. But, and then they, they continue in other ways. But what I want to tell you this, is this. It's the heart. Reaching out to the people. And I can tell you this. I, when I look at our face, you know, the Facebook, the report, I, I hear people that, hey, my, you know, I know some of you have prayer groups in your schools. Uh, NUS High has started a prayer, school, prayer, prayer group. And, and, and I heard from John that it's growing and it's fantastic. Good, keep it up. Let it grow. It's not only just yourself, but continue to reach people, reach people for Christ. It's not only uh, uh, that you can, I heard from Arai, Arai as well is doing it. Ling Chi is not here. Uh, but that's why I heard from Ling Chi. Uh, Bradley is here. Praise God. You know? And, so, and I was saying this, why can't this be in all the schools represented here? RGS. All right, we call it a big contingent here. Right. Start prayer group. Reach out. Pray. My heart desire. Don't just come regular here. Do something for God. All right. Do something for God. Amen. Can't you do that? All right. Jesus then told them this parable, no one tears a patch from a new garment and sew it on, in, on an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. So the second point I want to share with this, Next, is that Jesus came to bring the new, not to patch up the old. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sold it on an old one. Once we become Christian, God does not want us hanging on to the old garments of our sinful past and just putting on patches on the, on the holes. You see, the New Testament teaches us again and again that we need to take off the old garments of our past and put on the new garment of Christ. I believe you all know that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your old garments, you, know, you take out and you put on Christ, the new garment. Ephesians 4, 22 says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. In the attitude of your mind, some of you need to change your attitude. Today, let the Spirit of God change your attitude today. And put on a new self, attitude of Christ, created to be like God in the true righteousness and holiness. You see, your life before becoming a Christian was like an old 
dirty garment. When you become a new Christian, a Christian, you throw that garment out. You are washed in the blood of Jesus and you put a whole new clean set of clothing. I want to share with you what I'm going to teach you this. What are the old garments that you have to take off and the new garments you have to put on? Okay, some example. Ephesians 4.25 can you go on? Ephesians 4, 25 to 29 says this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Verse 26, in your, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, must, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So what are the old garments? In these four verses or five verses, I want to share you what are the old garments that, that Paul is talking about that we need to take out when you, become Jesus, when you receive Jesus alive. The old garments of falsehood or lying. Verse 25, and put on what the new garments you put, and then you speak truthfully to people. There must be a change in your life. If you used to lie, you need to change. Change the habit. Change the habit. No one teaches you how to lie. No one can, you know, it's, it's natural. It's, it's called sin. My girl, young girl, my daughter, you know, already know how to lie to me already. It's just there, and you've got to teach them. You know, my, my, you know, my girl was telling me, uh, she's only primary one, and it's like only one and a half months in school, and they already have, you know, things here, Chinese spelling test, you know, and she, she's doing, and she was telling me, uh, Daddy, my two classmates copy, primary one. I said, how do they copy? Oh, they put the book underneath their back, you know, they sit there, then when the teacher walk around, they, they took out the book, they read, and they copy, and then when the teacher comes, they put that and they sit down. Premi one. I say, I say, okay, girl, do you copy? Then she said, yes, I copy. <laughs> they said, no, I'm joking, joking. I don't, I don't copy. You know? I say, girl, you better don't copy. Premi one, they start. I just say, who teach them? You know, when, uh, when, you know <laughs> I started copying when I was only sec one. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a bus. Yeah. And, and I repented long ago when, when I was sec three. Three years of copying is quite fun. But I uh, you know, no, but pray one. You know, falsehood and lying. Speak truthfully to others. What, what, what's next? Stealing. Verse 28, put off stealing. Some of us steal. You may have steal things. What are other things? Maybe it's we steal information. We steal things. <laughs> and what, if, what, if, what do we put on? We put on... Uh, God says, you need to work. Stop stealing. Go and work. And then, once you work, share with others what you have received. You see, because before I was a Christian, you know, uh, primary, I remember, primary five or six, you know, I'm a great stealer. Uh, no one teach me how to steal. I just know how to steal. And I steal big. I don't steal small things. I steal big things. And I thank God to today that he kept me from the police station because my friend got caught and not me. 
But, but when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, God had to deal with that. And I said, I'll take away. I said, God, take away. And then instead of stealing things, I bless people. I bless people. Unwholesome talk. What are unwholesome? Cursing, gossip, putting downs, put downs, insult, talking about people behind their backs. But God said, put on talks that build others up, encourage, uplifting. You see, being a believer of Christ calls for living our lives an entirely different way. It's about more than patching the holes in our life. It's about putting on a whole new way of thinking and living. And God says this. God, Jesus says, He's here. He, he, you see, the first point is that Jesus came for the sinners. And then He's not only come for the sinners. He come to give us what? To bring the new and not to patch up the old. He come to give you a new life. Jesus came for the sinners and He came to give them new life. He came for you and so He can give you a new life. And if God gave us a new life and God gave us a new garment, then we need to take away and, and, and you know, we don't pick the old garments back because some of us are tempted once in a while to take back the old garments and wear. Why? You see, uh, because we find that the old are more comfortable and pleasurable, isn't it? While the new is too stiff and uncomfortable. You try wear, you know, we wear, we like to wear old clothes because it's very comfortable. You wash too, you know, you sleep in old clothes. Yeah? Some of you, you know, sleep under the, the t-shirt, all got hole here, hole there. You know, you still sleep. You don't want to throw because all your smell and all your, yeah, your kind of thing. But you still wear it. You know, huh? this is comfortable. You know, I, I, okay. I like to share this, you know, because in my, in my, uh, um, when I was studying NTU, I stayed in a hostel. I have this, this, uh, this hostel mate with me who's just a neighbor. Um, he will always wear this shirt every day to sleep. And this shirt is like holes all over the place, you know, like a beggar shirt. But he loved it. You know, one tear here, one tear there. Then I says, you got no money here. Can I buy you? He said, no, I like this shirt. It's so comfortable, so airy. I said, of course it's airy. It's all holes. But he liked it. And he wore it for three years. Thank God. I don't know whether he still wears it today. God bless the family or the wife. But you see, but as you wear the new shirt long enough, it too becomes comfortable and shook, isn't it? We need to consciously decide every day to wear the new garment provided by Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit help to shed off our old garments of bad habits and pleasures. We need help. We need God's Spirit. You see, being a Christian, we need to walk with a new garment. The Pharisees were all about patching over the holes in their life. That's why in Matthew 23, verse 27, Jesus condemned them by saying, Woe to you, Jesus of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. That's very strong. That's very strong. Can you imagine Jesus says, you hypocrites. Jesus, the teachers of the law. Amen, I will, you will go through me, man. You are like whitewashed tomb, tombs, sorry, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. The Pharisees painted the outside of their tomb of their sinful attitudes, hoping no one would notice. You see, when it came to sin, the Pharisees' philosophy was, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. If I can patch the hole, the hole isn't there anymore. You got what I mean? I repeat this again. 
This is their philosophy. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist. If I can patch the hole, the hole is there. It isn't there anymore. Does that can we? Does that describe you? It's telling ourselves that telling lies is cancelled out by going to a, a midweek Bible study or cell group. Being a rebellious child is cancelled out by going to church regularly. Freely speaking vulgarities, sprouting vulgarities in school is cancelled out by leading a cell group. Unforgiveness is cancelled out by being kind to the poor. Hatred of someone who did me wrong is cancelled out because I love Jesus. It's quite radical thinking, isn't it? As Christians, we do not want to try to patch over our past evil thoughts and actions. We want to repent of them and confess our sins to God and try not to do these things again. And this is my heart for you today. Confess your sin, whatever it is, and repent of it and don't go back again. It's a new life. God is here to give you a new life. Don't go back to the old. Don't, it is tempting. God is here. Don't patch up your holes in your life. Throw away the garments. God give you a new shirt. Can you imagine I preaching today? We want hole, you know, one, one hole here and I patch it. And say, wow, this is cool, right? Art. It's modern art. It's no. It's just an old shirt with a patch. Number three, Jesus came to pour his spirit in us. He's not only come to give us new, but he come to give us to pour His Spirit in us. And, and He says here, no, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If it does, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. You see, in those days, the people store their wine not in bottles, but in animal skins. The goat or sheep was skin, and the skin tanned over fires over, uh, over some wood. Then the opening was sewn shut, the net of the goat was used for the sprout, and unfermented grape juice was poured in. Now afterwards, the net was sewn shut, and the fermentation process began. Animal skins were good because they could expand and stretch along with the new wine as it's uh, being fermented. Alright, because when you put a new wine, when the grape juice ferment, uh, gases are being released. Okay? This is what I learned. Huh? The gases. And the gas will stretch your skin. The animal skin. And only a new wine skin will have the capacity to stretch during this process of fermentation and not break until the process was finished. If new wine was put in an old wine skin, and because the leather was skin was dry and cracked, it will probably split and both the wine and the skin will be lost. And that's what Jesus says. This is a parable of the new wine skin. Therefore, making the wine require new wine in new skin for successful change to take place. And Jesus says in Matthew 9, 17, says, Neither do men pour new wine into old wine skins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wine skin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skin and both are preserved. That's what uh, Jesus said again in Matthew. And what here Jesus emph emphasized is that change must first you know, occur internally before external changes could be made. Changes need to you know, uh, uh, occur in your life, internally, before you know, God, people can see and I will change your life. You need to change your life. 
like all wineskins, the Pharisees have become too rigid in their lifestyle and in their traditions. They could not accept Jesus because he would not be bound by the rules they themselves have set. Now we as believers today must, not, must be on our guard that we do not allow our hearts to become so rigid that we become unable to accept new ways and new approaches to the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I'm trying to do, people in this church. I mean, in this loud gen. Allow the Spirit to teach us new ways here in this place. A freshness of God in this place. We need to be on guard that our Christian life and worship service do not become stale, moldy, and unplatable, that even the lost will find us undesirable. Our hearts must become, must remain pliable so that we can accept new ways of thinking, new ideas, and new methods. It's all about new. We need a new wine of the Holy Spirit in our lives daily. You see, church, you want to see people come to the church? You want to see people? We need a new wine of God in this place. We need a new wine. We need the Spirit of God, the freshness of God in this place. You see, you know, one thing I have learned through my interaction with the pastors that I met in the last few days while I was on leave, I was meeting pastors and we were just talking how to grow the ministry, how to reach to people. And, and I was so ministered by all the pastors sharing and, and, you know, and, and I sharing with them. And all this is, you know, for pe- you know, people, and, and, the city, and this is what City Harvest, the guy was sharing, he said, you see, for the people to come, the presence of God must be here. You want people to come, the presence of God got to be here. People want to come to church because they want to see Jesus. They don't want to come and see you. I mean, they don't want to, you know, yes, we may have good worship, we have wonderful song, but after all, it's just work, you know, just song. But when the presence of God is in this place, when the sense of Jesus is, that is what people want, my friend. And that is what attracts people. We want to attract people to Jesus Christ. And loud, Jen, listen, we want to attract your friends to Jesus Christ through you. And to do that, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, change us, transform us, renew us, and give us fresh ideas. Radical it may be, so simple as it may be, praying for a taxi. It's so simple, but you have touched a life. Simple. Giving a telephone, just a phone, letting someone, you touch a life. It's, it's, it's nothing new. It's, it's just that we are making things very complicated. That's all. You see, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. God has promised, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove, them, remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. That's God promised us when we reach out to Him today. You see, tra- let me just repeat, transformation comes from inside out. When you trust Jesus Christ, He does not do a partial job of patching up your life. He comes into your life and transforms you from within. Jesus comes to Paul, his spirit in you. Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, uh, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. You know, this verse we quote so many times. Many of you heard it. You know, you are a new creation. Walk ye in it. If you are a new creation, walk like a new creation. Live like a new creation. Talk like a new creation. Think like a new creation. Breathe like a new creation. Are we? Praise God. New wine. 
And I believe this, you know. Why am I sharing this message? I believe God wants to do something here. I believe God wants to do something in your life. I believe God wants to bless this place. I bless you so much. Bless Lord Jenna. But God wants to change our life. God wants to change you. You see, because before God can bring the harvest, there needs to be a change. There needs to be a transformation in your life. There needs to be a radical change in, in your lifestyle, in, in whatever. There needs to be a new, you know, new creation in our life. There need to be excitement, you know. You know, can you imagine I come to us, come to you and say, and you know, uh, come to a place and you say, God is alive, He's He's great. But when I come, the people are so sad. You know, you come to a place and you look so sad and there's no new, no life. Then what are you talking about? What are you? If you say Jesus is alive, show it, live it. If you say Jesus is exciting. Then walk day and day. Live like an exciting because Jesus is in you. You're a new creation. You know what I mean? You see, religion may patch up a few weak, few weak spots in your life, but it cannot give you the new life that transforms. And God's plan is very clear that it does not matter what sins you have committed. It does not matter what you have done for a living. It does not matter where you have been in your life. All that matters is that you do not want to live that life anymore. That then God can make you new again and, and, and no, God can change you. And what I want today, I, I, you know, I challenge you today that, that let's respond to his, offer, uh, to his offer of salvation by realizing that we are sinners and repenting of that sin and then dying to our past and rising up to a new creation, create, creation today. Amen? Can we just do that? I mean that I don't know what I don't know when you, you receive what I say. But it's a great thing. Live a new creation, a new life. New, you know, it, maybe some of us here we, we are just struggling. We, we we want to live a new life. But because of the pressure of the world, the mourning of the world, we find that we are drawn towards the old ways. If that's you, I have news for you. You can come to God today. Jesus is here to give you a, a strength, to impart in you a new spirit, a, a refresh his spirit to help you, guys. You see, Jesus came for the sinners. He came for you, He came for me. He came for others, and we want to reach out. And this is my conclusion. He came, for, he came to give the new, he he, not to patch up the old. And He came to pour out His spirit in us, in this place. And we, I just want that. I want to close with this story. You see, you see this is a very exciting life. Uh, I want to share with what's happening to my wife. You know, when, when we say living a, a new life, trusting God. You know, my, you know, for some of you who knows my wife, uh, who's, uh, who has just passed the four years of being, uh, uh, you know, immobile on, on a bed uh, after a brain operation that didn't really go well. Uh, we just, she just passed a fourth year on, on uh, you know. Uh, I thank God, she, you know, she passed a fourth year and she's alive, you know. Uh, she's, she's not dead yet. No, uh, what I mean yet? She's not dead. I mean, she's alive. And I praise God for that. And I want to share with you, you see, being, you know, it's, it's just trusting God, believing God for, for um, God to work. If you believe that Jesus is alive, living, live with it. Live like a new creation. If you believe in God can heal, live like believing God can heal. You know what I mean? And I thank 
I want to, I'm so proud, I want to thank Tianyi. You know, Tianyi posts this, post on Love Gen Prayer Board. Okay, for those of you, do, of you who don't know what I'm talking about, please go and join the group. Okay? Please go and join the group, the prayer board. You will be blessed. You know, I want to thank him because he, he just took the initiative. Let, let's just pray for my wife. You know, uh, instead of just praying for all of us, pray for my wife. I want to thank you for that because, you see, my, my wife went for, uh, she got a, a what they call, uh, virus uh, just, you know, uh, last weekend for, for about one and a half weeks. She has this lung infection. Uh, she was coughing badly, and then there was some bleeding as well. And uh, you know, so I was just praying, and then my daughter was sick and coughing. And, oh, you know, the big whole thing is uh, the flu virus. But to cut the story short, uh, you know, we, I managed to get uh, antibiotics for her, and we prayed. And I believe most of you pray for her, and and she's healed today. Uh, thank you, and she's well, and um, she's pretty well, and my daughter is pretty well as well. But what, is, what I want to share is this. Uh, for, for the four years, my wife couldn't really move. Uh, it's just you're just looking for some slight improvement. You know? so I, was saying, I was saying, God, just do something. Like God. You know, just, uh, my, I'm tired, you know, four years really. You know, God, just do some sign that my wife is getting better. You know? uh, just half of the healing will be fine you know, to me. I, you know, I bargain with God. God, if you cannot do all, like half, like, you know, at least half, you know, at least you can talk to me or sit down and talk to me. It's better, right? You know? uh, right. so, so, so I began to, to, begin to uh, then she falls sick and then she was healed. Then. But recently, uh, she's beginning to, to what I call respond much better. She can move her hand. Uh, this, this is amazing. You know, uh, most of the time she's just so tired, she just don't do. But, you know, she has strength in the hand, and now she will lift her hand and beat you. <laughs> she will just like, go away, you know. When you irritate her, she will just like, you know. I say, wow, that's good. Should I irritate her more? <laughs> you know? and, and, and that's what I do. You know, when I put her in a wheelchair, then she will sit there, and then when she gets tired, she will just suck and go back to the bed. You know, she will just drop her hand. And I say, wow, that's great. Or, or, my, or, or my helper will say, Can, what do you do? She will just put like this. She will put her thumb up and say, yes, I'm going to go back to the bed. It's so cool, right? Ah, so cool. And all, and then, another cool thing is this. Then I put, so, uh, you know, because she was sitting in the wheelchair and doing not, you know, looking, watching TV, so I put on my laptop for her to watch, you know, to see some photos. And, and, and she was, and she put her left hand on the tap button and she just pressed the tap. Then I, and then I said, girl, you don't put the tap all the time. You're going to spoil my laptop. And so I put her back. So I put her, her hand out. And she pushed my hand away and she put it back. This is amazing. Wow. I mean, this is some little sign of improvement. Sign of God's faithfulness. Sign that as you trust God, God is the work. Sign of answering your prayer. Sign of, you know, your faithfulness, collective prayer, and God answering. And this is what I mean. New life. Walking the new life. Trusting God for little things. I, I'm not, you know, it's not like, wow, suddenly she can walk and talk and scold me and all that kind of thing. But little things, I, I still thank God for it. And through little faithfulness, God will continue to work on our life. And it's the same as all of us. It's the same as all of us. I don't know what station of life you're in or what situation you're in, but as you trust God, God is going to work in your life. Maybe you, maybe you struggle with, with the bad habits. You know, your old garments, you find it so hard to take out. You know, each time you take out, you know, uh, 
it's like you know, it's like Spider-Man and then it come back to you again, it stick back to you, and all that kind of thing. And then you try to tear away the body, it come back again, the thing. You know Spider-Man 3? Right? Okay? But today I have good news. You can tear it away with a, you know, by allowing the Spirit of God to come and touch you if you only open your heart. You need the fresh Spirit of God today for some of us. And some of you here, maybe you don't know who Jesus Christ You have not known Him personally. Today is a time for you to know Him. Can I have the musician come? And we're just going to close. And I want to give this time for you to just respond to God. You know, I believe God is here and God is going to touch us and God is just going to pour forth His news. Uh, God is going to pour forth His anointing. He's going to come and just refresh us. He's going to come and, and touch us in, in a mighty way. And, and He's going to come and, and, and change and transform us and all from the internal. You see, God, God looks at the internal. Church, listen. God looks in the internal. He doesn't look at the external. Your external acts, you know, you know, at the end of the day, God looks at your heart. What is in your heart? You may come to church every Saturday, and, and you know, you may just come. You may just come. But in your heart, in your heart, you know that you need Jesus. In your heart, you, need, you, know, you know that you need God to come and change you. You know that there is no change. That, that you're living a double life. Church is not fun to live a double life. What do you mean by double life? Double life means if I come to church, I look very holy. I sing songs, I live fan, but the moment I go out, my life changed. I change back to where I am. You know, I, 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 you know, I behave as if Christ is not in me. No, no, no. God wants to change you. And that's what I mean by attitude. God, you see, God says, I want to change your attitude. Attitude. Attitude is internal. Attitude is not external, but it's internal. God wants you to change your attitude towards God. And when you reach out to God, He's going to come and fill you, and fill you, and change you, and transform you. And when God transforms you inside, naturally, your external will transform. Amen? When the inside is transformed by the power of God, Spirit of God, the external will transform. And it's not only your external transform, but the people around you will be transformed. Amen? And not only the people, but the people in your class will be transformed. The schools will be transformed. The church will be transformed. The, you know, the large church will be transformed. And God says, it begins with you. It begins with us. Whatever, you know, station the life is. We need God to come and work. You know, maybe some of us, we have been so long in, 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 Christian, you know, in, in Christian faith. You know, we, we know everything. We know everything. We read the Bible, you know. We just say the parable. Oh, I know the story. I heard so many times, you know. You know, we know. But God is saying, hey, maybe it's time for God to give you a fresh, a freshness in your life, a freshness in your spiritual life. That you know, I feel, you know, there is an excitement once again. We, you know, sometimes we, we become so, uh, we walk in our Christian because we are so long, we know so many things. You know, it becomes a routine. You know, our Christian life can be, I can become a very routine. I come to church, you know, I do things, I go back. That, that's nothing. But I, when the Spirit of God come and fill me every day, you know, there is a freshness. And that's what the Bible says, fresh manner. Fresh manner. Don't eat yesterday's manner. It's gone. It's maggot. Today is fresh. Every day is fresh. Let the freshness of God come and fill your life. You know, if you if you if you are feeling very, you know, dry, you're feeling very, you know, you're just going through motion. Maybe today, God is saying, "Come, 
drink the new wine I have and let the Spirit of God transform you. Let the newness of life, let the excitement of God, maybe God can change and give you new things to do, new ideas, new ways. And I believe God is going to raise a generation of people in this place that is going to blow our mind with the thing of God that's going to take place. New wine, the new ways of new things. I have no idea. But the Spirit of God will, will come. And the Spirit will only come when we open our hearts to Him. Why don't we stand and uh, as we worship God, and let the Spirit of God come and touch us. And then as, as we worship God, as we worship God, and you say, God, I want the newest of life. God, I want the newest of life in my life. God, you know, I just want you to come and fill me. If, if you had that desire, and if, if you've been crying that out, even as a share, I want to just encourage you to just come to the altar and just come and, and just reach out to God. Just reach out to God and let God come and fill once again. Alright? I don't want you to, to be shy. There's nothing to be shy. It's between you and God. Let the Spirit of God come and touch us even as worship. Let's worship. Let's, let's worship God. Rain down on me. Rain down on me. Here in your presence, I am free. Pour down like rain, come and touch me again. Lord, let your presence fall on me. Rain down on me, rain down on me. Here in your presence, Hallelujah. Let's reach out to God. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Oh, Spirit of God. Oh, Spirit of God, come fill this place, Lord. Fall on me. Rain down on me. Oh, hallelujah. Rain down on me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here in your presence, I am free. Glory, God. Pour down like rain. The Spirit is touching your heart. The Spirit is stirring you. I want you to just come. The Lord is.
God is calling out your name. I will walk. 
continue in God's presence and just come in, just come into His presence and 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 don't don't be distracted by the music. Just just dwell in His presence and and seek His face. Lifted on high 
Surrender our lives to God. You know, just just come before Him and, and say, God, we just want You. We just want You in 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 our lives. And there's there's nothing else, Lord. There's no one else for us. Oh my delight. And all my delight. 
my hope, all of my strength, all my delight is in you, Lord. Come on, let's just let's just tell God all oh, delight is in you and you alone. And all my delight is in you, Lord. All of my hope, all of my strength, all my delight is in you, Lord. Forevermore. All my delight. Come on, let's just sing it, church. And all my delight is in you, Lord. All of my hope and all of my strength. And all my delight is in you, Lord. surrender all of my hope all of my strength lay down at his feet all my delight is in you Lord forevermore all my delight come on and all my delight is in you Lord all of my all of my strength and all my delight is in you, Lord, forevermore. There is no one else for me, none but you, none but Jesus. To set me free Now I live to bring you praise There is no one else for me None but Jesus Crucified to set me last time and all my delight is in you Lord all of my hope and all of my strength all my delight is in you Lord forevermore Father we just want to thank you God that you are our strength, Father Lord, that you are our hope, God. And I want to pray, Father, that, that even 
Today, Father Lord, as we've been empowered, Father Lord, as, as we've been filled, Father Lord, with your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that as we go back to our schools, Father Lord, as we go back to our harvest fields, God, that we will go out and change the world for you, Father, that we will go out and be radical, Father, in our lifestyle, Father Lord, in our speech, Father Lord. And I want to pray, Father Lord, that as as people meet us, Father Lord, they won't see us, Father, but they will see you, Father Lord, shining through us, God. So I want to pray and thank you for this time that we have had. Praising in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, go and be a blessing to your schoolmates and, and go and reap your harvest this Valentine's Day. See you next week with your friends.